Hello, this is Midwesteration, and I'm Freya Bernson. It's been a minute since I've had the opportunity to produce an episode, and I thank you for your patience. It is the growing season, and the people I'm trying to highlight, while always busy, are extra busy this time of year. That said, I work in the same field, and I too have been running around like my hair is on fire, and it's not even burn season when my hair might actually catch on fire. So between my job job, side jobs, volunteering, and literally building an actual house, I've not been as pod-minded as I wanted to be. All that aside, we're back with a great interview with an awesome person from a fantastic organization. In this episode, I interview Jameson Hutchins, the Stewardship Manager from the Central Indiana Land Trust, or SILTI. We walked and talked around the Noni Krause Nature Preserve, one of many he manages. With that, here is the interview. All right, I am standing on the edge of the Noni Krause Nature Preserve with Jameson Hutchins of Silty, or the Central Indiana Land Trust. Um, and I'd like to just ask him to kind of introduce who he is and what his connection to this site is, if you would, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm Jameson. I uh, am the stewardship manager of uh, the Central Indiana Land Trust. So it's um, our land trust is about uh, nine people, um, and so three of those people are on the stewardship side. Um, it's myself and two others. Uh, and yeah, so this is Noni Krause. It's, it's uh, right on the White River. It was actually a property that we got uh, years ago in the uh, kind of the mid 2000s uh, as part of a as part of a uh, an, an issue farther up up river. So um, it's one that. Uh, it kind of got uh, taken down to the ground, so to speak. Um, it was kind of cleared for the most part. Uh, and then uh, about half of it was uh, planted to trees in 2008. Um, and then the other half is kind of, uh, is kind of more of a, a prairie planting, so more of an open, open area. So, um, so yeah, we, we kind of share the property. I mean, we own our part, but we, we butt up to uh, Riverside Middle School uh, or junior high. And uh, so there's trails through here, um, kind of mowed trails that, that cross country uh, uh, students use. Um, so yeah, it's, it's uh, but it, it, we're on the suburbs. And um, so kind of our main issue, two main issues here are honeysuckle um, and, uh, and pear trees. Um, and so it, it hasn't really been, um, it hasn't been a huge priority and we've just, it's just been a capacity thing on the stewardship side to, to really get after the pear um, situation, as well as the honeysuckle. But um, uh, over the last couple of years, we've we've kind of been spending some more time here. We we got a we got a grant recently, um, a small grant to help us um, out with the pear removal. Um, so that's been been going pretty well. It's um, uh, unfortunately we have kind of the the property that kind of butts up to it is. Uh, is, is part of the parks, the Fisher's Parks system, and uh, it's very dense pear. So we're hoping, uh, we're hoping that, especially once we get um, our property the way we want it for the most part, that hopefully we can have a discussion with Fisher's and, and kind of see what we can do. Um, I've heard rumors of them expanding their park piece, so it might get rid of the pears, um, or if we can just manage it or do something, because uh, we obviously don't want the seed bank sitting next to us, because they'll be back, so. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um. Uh, in this kind of um, Marion County, uh, we're just north of Marion County, but a lot of the properties that we own uh, and then manage are, are along the White River. Um, that, uh, that's kind of the conservation value of, of this property and, and a few of the other ones uh, downstream from here. So, um, so yeah, it's one of our more public-facing um, uh, preserves that uh, we get a lot of people, a lot of neighbors come out and walk it. Um, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a cool place and it's um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty interesting kind of restoration project, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's a, like kind of starting from scratch restoration project. So that's, that's definitely has its challenges with that. Like you just listed off the, the current challenges you're facing. Um, 
what uh, what are you doing as far as like pair management? Um, what's what's your approach on that? Um, yeah, so um, so the pairs have gotten pretty big uh, over the years. So I mean, you can see. Uh-huh. So I mean, twenty feet. You know that, and so this was all at least in our area, this was all cleared at the same time. So, um, you know, we're going in and finding um, pear trees that obviously weren't planted um, uh, that are, you know, towering above uh, our oaks and hickories um, that we planted in 2008. So we did a tree planting in here. And uh, it's funny because uh, I've, I've been at Silty for almost two years now. And um, so I wasn't here to see the early days of it um, but it was kind of interesting I, I still remember the day when we were clearing pears and the finally saw a row of bur oak trees and I was like oh, oh yeah I guess you know these are all planted like and then I started to see all of the different rows um, of all of the different trees that were planted um, so it was just the pears were they were being aggressive and um, uh, and really had uh, you know we're really kind of on the edge of impacting the trees that we wanted there. So so what we've um, mainly been doing is just spending time out here with a chainsaw or a brush cutter um, and just, um, I mean, you can kind of see, I mean, you can't see on the podcast, <laughs> but um, just kind of the, the pear tree corpses that oh, are yeah. that are laying here um, in different stages. Um, so yeah, we, you know, people have asked us if we're going to chip them and we just there's just too many of them and it would just kind of disturb things a little bit more so we're just kind of let them kind of settle back into the land so but uh, we also did a pollinate there was also a ton of pollinators planted throughout here um, right now the monarda's going strong um, you know so there's there's a lot of birds and bees in here too so it's um uh, it's a it's a cool it's a cool place and like i said it's it's right on the river too um so and and part of this is is floodplain, so I mean it serves it serves that uh, vital function as you know absorbing heavy rains and, and kind of letting it do it th- do its thing that way. So um, so yeah, it's it's uh, that that's the majority of what we've been doing here. But you know, as we get the pears even more on the run, um, uh, you know, we, we might kind of get dialed in a little bit more. Uh, we've also been doing you know obviously in a place like this. Uh, sycamore and cottonwood are just gonna mm. do their thing too so we've been you know trimming out some of those that are are just towering above some of the oak trees um, you know they're gonna be fine here over the years so um, so you know but uh, but the oak trees are um, you know they're doing well I was, I was actually really surprised um, uh, when we first came here it just kind of seemed like it was just all pears and I was like is it really a, a legitimate tree planting in there and um, but after a handful of you know a couple weeks I really got to and get into the middle it's, it's much thinner in the middle pear wise um, so it's actually been a project that uh, has been more encouraging as it's gone along so nice yeah and I was looking uh, when I, I looked this preserve up what it was like 19,000 trees or something yeah yeah, ridiculously uh, large numbers. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a good haul, um, and uh, and so that tree planting for the most part was all on this kind of southern. I think it's about so the the entire preserve. I, I think it's around seventy five acres, um, and I think the tree planting is on this kind of southern thirty five. Um, there were some planted um, to kind of create some kind of like savannah nodes i guess in the in the prairie area mm-hmm. um and so we 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 spend time over there too but it's easier to to kind of get in and out of there when we see stuff pop up that we don't want in there so uh we've discussed uh, uh potentially burning the the prairie area in the in the future um but uh we haven't had any hard plans on that yet okay just to keep <clears throat> keep that under control and and uh i think it would actually be in this area, it kind of seems like it would be um, just something that would be uh, uncomfortable to see for neighbors. Mm. Um, so hopefully, it could be an educational piece too for yeah. for an area like this where they might not think of it like that. Yeah, and I guess on that note, uh, we are just outside of Indianapolis and Fishers. This is very urban 
area. So this is this is a really nice thing to have in this area as a nature preserve. But then, yeah, you have the the neighbors who, if they saw a prairie fire occurring, right. <laughs> yeah. they can, and they weren't necessarily expecting it, that can can cause some alarm. Right. But, um, but right. yeah, that is. We've had really good interactions with neighbors here. I mean, a lot of them spend time on here. You know, we've there's been times where we've been out here with chainsaws and they've come out and they've just been like, what are you doing? You can't, it's a preserve, you can't cut trees. And <laughs> so there's been a, you know, there's been a healthy amount of, uh, you know, educational discussions and they get it afterwards. We did have one neighbor who walks here a lot and uh, we were mainly spending time on pear trees when we met him and then, uh, and then we kind of, we were working on an area and he was talking to us one day and you know he's like and we were working more on honeysuckle bush honeysuckle and uh he made the comment he's like well well don't don't cut it all i mean it smells it smells really nice <laughs> you know when it's blooming and i don't i think he was kind of half joking but uh i was like don't worry there's there's still going to be plenty around so. yeah 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 so yeah this um yeah it's kind of a cool area so on the left i mean the river is just kind of to to your left um our property boundary is kind of funky in here, so like that more open area isn't really ours. Um, mm. But uh, so yeah, and we, like you said, the the school and the parks department kind of manages this. They mow this lane. Um, as you can see, they they trim the well, they cut the trees. Um, uh. Not always in the cleanest way, but um, you know, luckily a lot of the ones on the on the kind of edges aren't ones that we planted so but it's an ongoing it's an ongoing partnership for sure so yeah so is this um the the hardwood planting and prairie is that based on what would would have been here uh historically or is that kind of more um, what what will work in in today's uh landscape yeah, um, uh, I think a little bit of both. Um, so kind of in in the the spot we're standing right now, it, it can it'll be a lot. Um, it's a lot wetter. Uh, it can be so planted, you know, button bush and some other some of those other um, I think swamp white oak maybe in there. Um, like I said, I wasn't here for the planting, so mm -hmm. I'm just um, I can just go off of you know old notes and that kind of stuff. But uh -huh. um, so yeah. A little bit of maybe what would have been here um, obviously especially in this area what probably would have been here is what's gonna make its way in there between <clears throat> sycamores and cottonwood and mm -hmm. silver maple and that kind of stuff just typical floodplain forest stuff um, but then uh, I think I believe especially the prairie area was actually and maybe even more of it into this um, southern area where, where the tree planting happened I think it was agricultural before we before we did it so mm -hmm. Um, and we actually own, <clears throat> or we um, have a partnership with the farm right across the street, uh, Eller Farm, which is another one of our, it's not open to the public, but uh, it's another property that we, we are protecting. So we just, our management agreement with them is just to kind of hands off because there's still people that live there um, mm -hmm. and kind of do their thing. So, but yeah, it is, it is a little bit of an oasis here in the, in the suburbs. Uh, we're kind of on the border of Fishers and Carmel and just north of Minneapolis, so. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like there, there are these nice little gems throughout Indianapolis that I, I mean, being a northerner, uh, I didn't, <laughs> had no idea existed previously, and uh, it's, it's really neat to know that they're, they're here, I mean, especially for the local communities, and uh, I think... I don't know. I just think that's that's really cool that that your organization and and others are maintaining places like this. And uh, yeah, and it's I mean it is. Um, I mean we have a number of. I mean it's a very accessible place. For, so when we have just kind of like uh, a silty like public hikes and public events, uh, it's a place that's easy for people to get to. Um, and again, it's especially in an area like this, just suburban um, area, it's, it, uh, because the pear and the honeysuckle is so bad in some areas, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it can be very educational to people just on, you know, because a lot of times people hear that honeysuckle's bad or, or hear pear trees are bad, 
but they they don't always see it up close and kind of personal mm-hmm. um where you can take them here and especially before some of this work was done i mean you can show how you know all of these pear trees are just just cruising um uh-huh. and, and kind of blocking everything out or the honeysuckle it's you know you've got areas where you can show them underneath the honeysuckle and say this is one of the many reasons because it just allows nothing to grow underneath it so um so if you know outside of the natural value of it um again i think it's a really cool place um just kind of from the this is what we do and why we do it um Mm -hmm. especially on the stewardship side of things so so yeah yeah, it's, it's a good place And I hear, hear the annual cicadas going off a little bit. Did you have any brood X here? We, I don't think we had any here. Um, yeah, we kind of, and our, one of our other preserves that's right down the river, um, Oliver's Woods, uh, which will hopefully be open to the public soon, which is also on the White River. Um, we had a few there, um, but I think a lot of people in, in kind of, Marion County and the surrounding areas, unless there was, you know, really established woods. And again, that would, you know, for here, maybe on near the river, but I mean, again, 17 years ago, all of this, most of this was all either being farmed or Mm -hmm. there wasn't, you know, legitimate trees. So they probably, there probably weren't a ton here, but um, we had, we had plenty of them down, uh, our properties down south. Uh, especially down near Trafalgar, um, kind of near the Brown County Hills, it was uh, it was kind of weird to, to kind of have such a, a stark difference of total total brood X and uh, and just like not here. So yeah, yeah now the annual ones are kind of doing their thing. So mm-hmm. neat. Yeah, I mean as we're walking, we're we're in complete canopy cover, even though the trees aren't there. You know. 30, 40 feet tall, but no, this is a really neat little little path to be on, considering that, yeah, not too many, not that long ago, it would have been just open. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, it, you know, it's a little sliver that just shows you how fast some of the, some of these trees will, will grow on their own. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's got a, it's got enough variety for somebody who just comes here to enjoy to go on a <laughs> walk. That you know, it's got some shade, it's got some open areas, it's got different stuff to look at. There's usually a good good amount of wildlife um, around between birds and I mean, deer are always around here. Um, so so yeah. yeah. So as far as like connectivity, it's on the river, which is great because you all protect other land along the. The White River, so it, they, it has it's connected to that corridor to an extent, but is it otherwise pretty isolated or? Um, yeah, for the most part. So it's, um, you know, so we at Silty, we, um, you know, we, we work off of our conservation plan. Um, so we have core conservation areas that, um, and so at Silty, uh, we kind of work, uh, we say we work in the central third of the state, which is roughly up to Lafayette, uh, down to kind of where Brown County starts, um, and then east, you know, the, the state borders on the east and west. So, um, so yeah, our conservation plan kind of points out these these areas that we know um, we know we want to protect, um, and even areas that we might already be protecting chunks of, you know, we'll, um, you know, we always want to buffer those where we can. Tree planting has been a big deal um, for us over the last two years. Uh, we kind of started up our tree planting um, operation on the stewardship side. Um, we, uh, we came out and and made a, made a pledge to, to plant a million trees, uh, last year uh, in over, over time. Yeah. Not any year. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we've been planting so that, so that's going to be part of our, you know, our plan, um, going forward is there's only so many good places to protect left. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if we can, uh, if we have these great places and we can, you know, we can buy agricultural land around it um, and plant it. And, you know, our work is, you know, it's the long game. It's, uh, um, which, is, which is nice on the stewardship side because, 
you get these daily winds that you go out and you cut down you know a hundred pear trees and you can see that but you know we're also planting you know uh, you know thousands of trees in the spring mm -hmm. that are a year old and we know that you know it's not going to be a forest or a, you know it's going to take 20 30 40 years to to kind of actually look like some of the stuff around it so yeah which is nice for the just kind of that balance of seeing day-to-day -day, um, stuff but um, but yeah it's silty I mean we're we're looking at these areas and a lot of them you know just the nature of what Indiana is now it's a lot of them are, are these islands and mm -hmm. so we're just trying to make those islands um, you know keep keep the core of what's left and then kind of inch them out as as, um, as much as we can so but yes to answer your original question this is kind of the natural ecological value of this property is the White River and and that's that's kind of the that's pretty consistent for us through mm -hmm. this part of the state just because unfortunately there's not um, there's not a ton left to protect but um, so we have uh, this and then down river I mentioned Oliver's Woods mm -hmm. um, and then uh, farther down we've got a newer project um, called White River Bluffs uh, which is really cool it's uh, some bluffs that are about uh, about 80 to 100 feet above above the White River. Um, familiar with the area, kind of look down on um, Rocky Ripple. Um, so it's a pretty unique vantage point um, for central Indiana of the White River. Um, so it's an old outwash um, bluff, gravel bluff from you know, from when the White River was much bigger and more powerful and fed by glaciers. Um, and then we have a handful more, but then as we get out of Kind of the central you know marion county and the donut counties um, a lot of the property that is more connected in forest blocks is out in kind of park county out west um, uh, down south we have um, uh, glacier's end uh, which is a preserve of ours um, and then blossom hollow which is all part of this we call it the hills of gold area which is one of our core conservation areas um, protecting you know hundreds of acres um, uh, of continuous really nice forest and and then down there also we have an, actually those two properties are joined um, in the middle by a, a large conservation easement um, so we're able to really protect some big chunks of, of remaining forest so nice. so yes this is nothing like those um, but still we you know we think there is a you know, certainly a value in, in, in protecting it and, yeah. and restoring it and letting it be a kind of an island of refuge for for birds and wildlife and, and as such so absolutely and on that note so as the stewardship manager you just listed all of these properties that you oversee so that's a, you keep fairly busy during the year with all of these uh yeah yeah um we do stay busy and it's nice because it's um um, a lot of it's seasonal in the sense of, you know, the spring where, um, you know, af out, w when we can plant trees now, you know, we've got our window of time that we really want to, um, you know, get our trees in the ground um, before it becomes dry and hot. Um, and then before that, obviously, it's, it's um, you know, things like garlic mustard and, and early spring. Um, you know, kind of right now, it's, an, it's a nice time. We're, we're spraying kind of stilt grass is the main seasonal mm. challenge um, which is uh, just down down south at, at uh, mainly at, at Glacier's End and Blossom Hollow so mm -hmm. um, but then you know we've kind of got the um, you know luckily stilt grass is kind of on the run in our properties down there so we don't have to spend, we spend less time there every year um, um, but yeah it's and then you know in the fall it's um, you know, just getting after honeysuckle and, you know, all the stuff that we can kind of do whenever. Um, so, and then we get into winter and then, so a lot of the land that we protect um, uh, outside of us owning it is through conservation easement. So, um, kind of in the, the later months of the year, um, when kind of work in the field is a little spottier, um, depending on weather, uh, you know, we spend time doing, uh, just monitoring our, our easements. Mm -hmm. um, which is good. It's you know it gives a good a good flow to um, to the year, and it's a little a little different every you know 
every month or so. Nice. But yeah, it, it, it's a lot. Um, you know, and, and each, you see, each preserve is a little different in terms of the management. Um, some of them have, some of our preserves have trails, so, you know, that comes into it. Um, some of our, some of them actually are pretty good the way they are. Not, not perfect, but, you know, take very little kind of day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year attention. Um, um, and yeah, so I mean, and, and some of them are open to the public, some of them aren't. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit everything. So you definitely get, get to know some of them uh, better than the others, um, but they're all, you know, they're all like children. So they mm-hmm. all deserve, they all deserve their attention. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we've just kind of stumbled upon the, the prairie planting here. Yeah. And this it's, is... It kind of opens up and... Um, yeah, it's, it's always usually teeming with butterflies and stuff, but you can see that pears find their way in here too. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's, I said it gives a good variety. Yeah. Um, but then also on the, so just talking about the different properties and the, the ongoing work, um, we're really lucky at Silty that we have, a a lot of volunteers that come out to a volunteer events mm-hmm. and, and help us out. And I mean, it's, um, you know, it, uh, to the volunteers, it might, you might, they might say like, oh, that was a day that probably, you know, it was good to help, but it, you know, didn't, probably wasn't that much of a help and uh, it couldn't be more wrong. I mean, we go out in a day and whether it's pulling garlic mustard or, you know, just hand sawing honeysuckle or whatever, I mean, we've got 10 volunteers. If it's only 10 volunteers, I mean, sometimes it's 20, 30, 40. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you think of our normal staff of three on the stewardship side that's basically three times as much as what we'd be able to do in a day so um, we're really really lucky to have uh, so many dedicated volunteers that have been a lot of them coming out for years and years Um, and then we also have a number of uh, site stewards Um, some of them so there's on different preserves there's kind of a different you know there's a little bit of a spectrum of um, some some site stewards are just kind of checking up on the property they might live close and you know can be our eyes and ears on the ground if you know something unusual is happening um but then there's some um like we have a we have a a, a volunteer site steward here who you know she comes out and uh you know cuts down pear trees I and mean, she's she was in the master naturals class and she came to us and said i'm a neighbor i'm here all the time you know i'd love to just go over there when i have free time and, and cut honeysuckle and, and so so it's nice to have, you know, so many people that are engaged with the organization and, and wanting to help. And yeah. um, so that that helps us kind of when we, uh, you know, we have our certain projects that we know we've got certain windows to hit that, that we know we've got other people that can come in and, and kind of lend a hand. So Yeah, absolutely. Volunteers are, are so great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's, you know, it's just nice to... It's just a, nice to meet people or, you know, who support the organization and are interested in it. I mean, sometimes, I mean, it's <clears throat> kind of, you know, really noticed it with COVID. You know, I'll talk to a lot of people and, you know, a lot of people's uh, lives and, you know, work day and work routine has been, you know, drastically changed. And, uh, you know, we're, we're our, on the stewardship side at least, like we're kind of out in the woods or out, you know, away from people just by nature so to speak mm-hmm. um so it really hasn't had a a huge impact just on our day-to-day um so it's nice to we didn't really have really any volunteer events last year mm-hmm. um so it's nice to have the volunteers back and you know see faces and um you know it's it's a big it's a it's a fun part of fun part of our job for mm-hmm. sure So you mentioned you've been with Silty for about two years. Yep. So what uh, what got you into this line of work where you know you're spending all your time or much of your time outdoors, you know, just knocking back invasives <laughs> and or planting trees or just doing really difficult, sometimes very hot or cold work. Um, what what led you to to be here doing this kind of thing? Um, so, uh, so I, I moved 
back to Indianapolis in, I think it was 2009. Um, so I, I grew up in the area uh, and um, uh, I graduated high school, stuck around a little while and was just kind of working and I, because I'd grown up here for the most part, I wanted to get out of here. Um, and I kind of took it to the extreme when most of my friends were going to, you know, IU or Purdue or Ball State. Um, I went out to Montana uh, and just to get away from the Midwest. Um, not because I didn't like it, but it was just kind of, I felt like it's the only thing I knew. Um, I'd taken a lot of trips out west and skied. And anyways, I was lucky enough that I had a friend out there who um, I could live with while I got my feet on the ground. So, um... So I lived out there long enough in Missoula to, to get to become a resident. Uh, and then I eventually started school. Um, and I, and I, it was good for me because I had worked long enough. So I, also, I worked um, after high school, I worked at a nursery, a local nursery, uh, Rosie's Nursery. Um, and uh, so I, I always kind of liked, well, being outside. And you know, I, I learned a lot about plants when I, when I lived there. Fortunately, full disclosure, they don't sell them anymore, but sold burning bush and oh. pear and <laughs> so maybe maybe all of this is just trying to atone for for my old uh, my old job when I was uh-huh. ignorant. But um, so anyways, through that, um, I eventually moved to Montana, like I said, and then uh, I got my undergrad in history and political science, which is not terribly applicable in a day-to-day sense, I guess. But um, you know, liberal arts degree kept me open and you know thinking about stuff um so then I moved back in 2009 um and uh through an AmeriCorps program worked for an organization called Health by Design and kind of really got into the transportation urban planning um field or just got interested in it It just happened to be time um really good timing with a lot of things that are going on in Indianapolis um and uh so I kind of decided to, and I moved back not really planning to, to be here, honestly. I thought I would move back out of the Pacific Northwest or to the East Coast or something. Um, and uh, so anyways, I, I got to do that, and then I, I worked for the city um, through my time with AmeriCorps. I worked um, for the city of Indianapolis, and um, the bicycle program was um, kind of up and coming for the city. Uh, our mayor at the time was really interested in adding bike lanes and trail connectivity and providing you know, transportation options that weren't um, uh, that weren't automobiles, I guess, single-use automobiles. Um, and so uh, I really enjoy, I mean, I learned a lot working for city government. Um, some of it I wish I could unlearn, but alas, it's, uh, you know, it, I learned a lot and I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I met a lot of super people. Um, and so I was there for eight years, just kind of towards the end, it was, um, you know, I just was getting a little bit restless, I just felt like I was spending too much time at a computer, um, just sending emails all day, um, just kind of felt like there wasn't a ton of impact day to day I was having or could have, um, just because of, you know, the process, you know, mm-hmm. working for DPW, um, so, um, so, you know, just kind of through, and, and so years before that, I had just kind of become really interested. And I think it was probably, I would always like native plants, but I think it was, um, I think it was Doug Tallamy's book, mm-hmm. um, his first one. My dad's an entomologist, so him being an okay. entomologist, I kind of like, and it just like, it just kind of clicked the same way that, um, that in my old job and kind of learning about urban planning and transportation, I kind of grew up in a suburban area where, you know, we rode our bikes, but, you know, it was really when you turned 16 and you got a car, you're like, I can finally go places or do mm-hmm. stuff or that, um, which I never thought about it when I was growing up because it was just the way it was. And, um, and then, so when I moved to Montana, I rarely had to be in my car unless I was going out of town for the weekend or going skiing or something. So I was just always on my bike. And then, so kind of coming back and working for Health by Design, who who looks at transportation and urban planning from a public health standpoint, and they're talking about just the history of transportation and all, urban planning, all this stuff. Having lived in a you know suburban and then more urban, there it just 
it just kind of clicked for me and I, it just got me really into it. And so I think that's kind of, you know, similar to, you know, Doug Talamy's book and just approach to, again, like working in the kind of landscaping nursery business for a while. And then, um, and then when I was actually able to buy my house about eh, 10, 10 ish years ago, you know, it was just always rentals up till then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I could never like do any landscaping or gardening or that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and so it, uh, so it kind of clicked for me and I was able to, I kind of, yeah, over a couple years, I don't, I don't have a huge yard. I live kind of right downtown Indianapolis, but was able to kind of phase out the majority of the turf grass and, and plant natives. And, um, you know, it kept, I, I just learned a lot. I became, I, don't know, I was just really interested. I tried to help out with impaws whenever I could. Um, and uh, just, it just became more of a passion than anything for me. And so just kind of, the opportunity with uh, Silty, it just happened to be that they were growing, expanding, um, and um, and it just happened to be a role where, you know, it, it wasn't, it was more about developing the stewardship program um, and kind of helping it grow with the organization as we're trying to protect more land and do more stuff throughout the state. Um, and so, you know, just, it, there's a, su- it's a super team there. Um, I mean, all the people I work with are, are, are awesome. And I just knew that it was gonna be a, like a huge quality of life thing for me. And not only that, but you know, I could be outside a lot. Um, so, and I also, while I was at my old job, uh, I ended up getting my master's over like seven years. I kind of, just kind of dragged it out, but uh, in nonprofit management. So I always, I never really intended to be working for city government. Um, I always kind of, thought the nonprofit world would be where I would be. Um, and so just the, the kind of really, really cool opportunity um, matched with, uh, and I, I have two kids, so just kind of thinking about kind of what, you know, protecting, protecting some of the small gyms that are, that are still around uh, in the state and just kind of thinking outside of me, um, you know, which, you know, having kids will do that on a lot of things. Uh-huh. But, uh, so I just, I, you know, I, I really enjoy that. But I mean, day to day, it's just, it's, it's something different every day. Um, and uh, like I said, I couldn't ask for a, a, better, a better crew um, to work with and just leadership. All the staff at Silty are, are top notch. It, it makes going to work really fun. Yes. Um, and that helps a lot. Yeah, for so, sure. So that's that's kind of how I got here and it's been I mean it's been fun I mean it's we've been growing a lot over the last two years doing a lot of stuff um, you know that we would sometime have sometimes have contracted out like tree plantings and stuff like that um, so it's fun to figure out you know how we can do that stuff in-house um, and kind of you know maybe save money that's not really the big the big driver it's more of just having ownership and and kind of doing doing the projects that that we want done on our properties. So, um, yeah. And, and on the kind of just, you know, since my, my immediate background was not, you know, one of the sciences or that kind of, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I couldn't No, coming into the job, it was, you know, they were, you know, um, uh, leadership at Silty was very, you know, they said like, look, we, we know, we know nobody knows everything and don't want that to be a barrier um, and so they're very open and very supportive of just ongoing learning so you nice. know taking time to you know maybe it's taking a couple hours in the woods with a field guide and you know just you know looking up those those plants that you didn't know before or you know any of that kind of stuff so it's it's uh yeah I couldn't I couldn't ask for just kind of a you know and the whole team just mm-hmm. like being supported and and us all kind of learning together which is which is fun so yeah I it's a really great kind of pathway to this line of work because I mean it's so ever-changing in itself that like I mean you don't have to necessarily have like a strict natural sciences based background to 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 get into it and like do do really good things Oh, that's cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of layers to it. I mean, it's like once you learn the 
the main, you know, the main, uh, I don't, don't want to call them enemies, but the main <laughs> plants that we're going after. Uh -huh. um, I mean, you know, once you spend a couple days, you know, cutting honeysuckle or autumn olive or pulling garlic mustard or spraying silkgrass, it's like you can't you can't unsee it. So it's <laughs> um, which has been kind of one of those things where you know you, you just unfortunately like you see a lot more when you're driving or just around, and you're like, oh, I before you know. Before I knew what autumn olive was, or you know, it was kind of an ignorance is bliss thing. Uh -huh. But so now you just see it you know, on a windy day driving along the interstate, and you just see the the silver flash of the leaves, and you're just like, oh. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, once you know, there's always there's kind of layers to it. It's like once you learn those, you if it's just a day of doing that, then you know you're all good. And then and then just depending on the project or depending on the preserve or what we're doing, it's you, know, you can kind of get more into it and kind of learn as you need learn as you need to go and, mm -hmm. um, and cliff our, our executive director is um, you know he he is much more on the on the science side and worked for DNR and you know has, he's a, he is a wealth of knowledge and um, you know every time we go out with him he is he wants to he wants to teach he wants he wants us you know to he wants to pass on some of his, you know, his knowledge uh, of birds and plants and all that kind of stuff. So you know, it's it's always nice that to have somebody like that who's who's helping you learn instead of you know chastising you for not knowing something. Yeah. So absolutely. So yeah, this over here, well, kind of, we could kind of pass it a little bit, but that's uh, Eller Farm over there. So that's mm -hmm. the other property that we we have protected, but we don't really we don't really do much on. So. Okay. And this, you know, it's like this property, uh, Noni Kraus here. I mean, it's at least pe at least for people who are spend a relatively. Uh, regular amount of time on the north side of Indianapolis. I mean, it's our sign right there at 16th and Eller. It's, it's one that I'm trying to explain who we are. I'm like, oh, they're like, oh, do you, you guys, you guys have that, that, you know, I see that sign at 16th and Eller because it's a pretty, pretty heavily kind of traveled intersection. Um, so it's, this is, for the most part, it's a lot of times one of like the first touch points that people see like, oh yeah, I know that place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I remember seeing this sign before I honestly knew what or who Silty was. Uh -huh. I never, I never even thought about it years and years ago. So and then over on the left here, it's kind of along the road that you all can probably hear a little bit. Um, we're going away from it now, but this is all. This is not ours. So oh, okay. I'm not just saying that. To, <laughs> take not take responsibility for all that huge honeysuckle but yeah but yeah there's but again it's it's going to be one of the ongoing challenges of if it's there it's gonna get there mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> across the across the lane nice little seed bank mm -hmm. but then once you know the hope is you, you maintain this gorgeous prairie and woodland planting and the, they see how good it looks and then they'll want to replicate it too right exactly just like a little, <laughs> little peer pressure yeah um so, yeah. Hope. <laughs> and that's um yeah i think and we've actually done so we we just got a drone uh for the organization this year Fun. and uh uh you know this was one of the properties it's took some pretty cool video and pretty cool picture of earlier this spring um, over the um, over the tree planting area and um, go this way. Um, and while, while the pear trees were blooming and really nothing else was um, it was it was pretty interesting to see <clears throat> as you flew along our border it was like a just a wall of white um, mm -hmm. where, where our property ends and then we could kind of see the progress that we have been making um, just because it was 
the pear trees were kind of the, the exception and, and not the rule anymore. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's so much pear, calorie pear tree pressure just in this area, like yeah. from like I said earlier, I think uh, like from Fort Wayne to Indy, if you drive that stretch at a certain time of year, <laughs> it's just yeah everywhere. So it's it's an ongoing struggle for a lot of folks in this area um, and in Fort Wayne too. Yeah. Um, but I did see earlier in the year, uh, Indy had a pretty good publicity campaign that was kind of uh, educating the public about pear trees yeah uh, so that was neat to yeah I don't to witness yeah I don't yeah I don't think it's kind of banned yet but I, it seems like the more and more like more people know about it um, you know I've said you know I just in the last couple of months I've just talked to people and you know talking about what I do and it's not even really related to you know or just like meeting them had nothing to do with my work just kind of socially meeting somebody and like, yeah, and they're like, oh, it's like, oh, we just, I've had a couple of people like, oh, we just had two big pear trees taken out of our front yard. Nice. Like, once we, once we learned, you know, why they were so bad, it was kind of a no-brainer. So, it's, um, you know, it's a big, it's a big ship, but um, mm -hmm. I think that, uh, I think that coming at it from a lot of different angles, you know, when stories like that pop up in the star, or, um, you know, st you get it from, like I said, from different angles, you hear it from different groups, then you know, it kind of, hopefully it'll stick a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So, it's been, an, it's been encouraging. So you can kind of see, that's not ours. Okay. <laughs> but oh, that's, wow. that's yeah. like the, that's like the pear, nothing else but pear, really. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean you, you did yeah like touch on this as far as you know, thinking of, of future generations, including your your personal future generation. Um, but like, why, you know, why do you do this work? Like, what is what is your prime motivator for for getting out here and you know looking at that wall of pear trees to, to our yeah. left right now and you know what. What gives you hope in this in this field and in this work? Um, I think it's just um, you know it's a few different things. One is it's something that I can do every day that is kind of I don't want to say making a difference, but you know working towards something that I care about um, just on a day to day basis. Um, you know, I, I kind of joke recently because. Working for the city, um, especially for Department of Public Works, um, um, you know, you get a lot of comments from the public, um, and a lot of times, and that's that, and that's the way it should be. I, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I believe in, you know, governments that represent the people that, you know, put them there. Mm -hmm. So, it's not that people shouldn't be providing their input to city government about how they think things could be better or or what you did and why they think it is ridiculous um which work in the bike program i got plenty of um but uh but it gets it wears it wore on me a little bit i guess um and so just knowing that you know we have we as silty have you know we have these properties that, that we own um so not conservation easements but that we own and that we can go out there and we can we can work on them every single day and unlike city government where you know we're we're dealing with public right of way public infrastructure a lot of processes a lot of you know budgets and funding not that we don't have budgets and funding at silty but we kind of know up front what we have and we know that we can go out and and do what we want to do um obviously within our, our goals for the preserves and that kind of stuff but mm -hmm. But just kind of having um, 
having the ability to go out and do that every day. Uh, and, um, and it's just, so, so I, the joke I kind of have is that like at the city, it's like, no matter what you do, somebody's going to complain. <laughs> and, um, and here it's like, you know, nature doesn't really complain if you're there trying to make, <laughs> trying to make, you know, uh, it better. Uh, uh-huh. you know, if you, if you mess it up, you'll see how it complains, I guess. Um, but it's just much more of that, that daily, you know, you know, contact with it and the ability to, to see something and be like, yeah, that's, yeah, let's go out and work on that next week. Um, whereas in my old job, it was very much like, well, that's not going to get done ever. <laughs> um, which I don't mean to be cynical about yeah. that. It's just, um, it was just me being, being restless and, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I think it's just, it's been more, I mean, just for me personally and just the line of work, it's, um, just kind of putting ecology in a big picture. Um, so not just the properties that we work on, but just even the human element of it. I, it, I've just, it's kind of, it's just kind of stuck with me more. And I really like the, again, as a, as a liberal arts undergrad, um, I really, I like the kind of multi, in a way, most multidisciplinary part of it. So there's, you know, the social part of it. There's, you know, just kind of like, you know, impacts that people and, you know, have had and, so it's not I, I'm not out here thinking that, you know, gonna like save the world and, you know, uh, you know, do that by the work we do. But it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like doing what what I can where I can. Yeah. Um, it's like the the old uh, uh, I don't know if it's old, but the the saying that it's like it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of it. I mean, it's you know everything is everything is really big, and if you think about it, it kind of can well it makes my brain hurt sometimes just to kind of get you can get overwhelmed really easily with all of the things that you don't think are right or could be better. Um, so it's it's really just me wanting to do as much as I can with a with a group of super people instead of just kind of kind of being around and complaining that things aren't good <laughs> or the way that I you know I don't want to say the way I think they should be but the way I would hope they would be I guess yeah so that's kind of the end of and you know and, and just on the on the most basic level like I just like being outside I like doing something relatively different mm-hmm. most days um, and again seeing seeing the daily impacts of, of work you do and at the same time um, you know knowing that kind of doing something that will hopefully pay off in you know 10 20 30 hundreds of years really mm-hmm. um, it's like down at Meltzer Woods which is uh, one of our preserves down near Shelbyville um, really cool preserve that's uh, an old growth forest um, it's just a little, well, relatively little square in the middle of um, just farm fields all around it, agriculture everywhere. And so it's, uh, it's, it's really cool because it's, I kind of think of it, you know, it's not a huge block of forest like, like Glacier's Inn and Blossom Hollow down south where, you know, it's habitat for eastern box turtle and stuff like that. It's, but it's like this little, you know, and it looks like a postage stamp on, a, uh, on an aerial view but it's kind of like this museum of, of what all of this could have looked like around, um, around that, you know, that forest with these multiple hundred year old oaks and hickories and just these just huge, beautiful trees. Um, and so just last year, uh, we purchased the, uh, it's just a big, it's a, you know, 40 plus acres, um, farm field directly to the south of it Uh, and so we'll be planting that to trees so I mean we're you know I will never see the trees get anywhere close to the size of those but um, you know maybe my kids or kids kids if they want to have kids will and uh, you know it's not about it's not about 
me feeling like I'm leaving a legacy. It's just more about saying, I hope there's more trees around here for yeah. for the people, you know, a hundred years from now. Nice. Yeah. And it's, you know, really at the end of the day, I can't, I, I just, I have a hard time thinking of anything that I would rather be doing and that, you know, I don't know. So yeah, that's, it's, it's a little bit of like just nuts and bolts of I enjoy doing it every day and, you know, mixed with, you know, hopefully it'll keep some of these, these special places special for people down the road. Mm-hmm. And for, and, I mean, I should say, first and foremost, you know, Silty, like we, we do the work that we do for nature and for, you know, for the natural areas. Um, so it's, that is the, the first and foremost is the keeping the natural remnants there. Um, not just so people can go look at them, but having them there for people in a sense that people know what, you know, what, what land around there look like and hopefully can inspire them or just help them think about why it's important to, to protect the, the natural areas that, that we still have. And that we, you know, all of the work that we do, whether it's land that we own and protect, as nature preserves or we have as conservation easements i mean by law i mean it's it's protected forever so i mean that's that's kind of just like a powerful it's just like a powerful not selling point but thing to know that the work that you're doing is it's forever yeah um, so and it's um you know i really enjoy kind of taking some of the stuff that i learn not not direct not Kind of technical stuff from my old job but just working with government because we you know we work with a lot of partners i mean dnr is a is a big partner so you know i've gone from learning a lot of grant programs that were focused on transportation funding and that kind of stuff to you know usda and you know all, all these other funding streams and but while the content of them might be different um you know i'm pretty familiar with just like the processes and the sticking points where they can be and and how to how to get things done that way too so it's um yeah it's got a, kind of a perfect kind of perfect merger of of just wanting to do stuff every day when, mm-hmm. it, when you just get, kind of kind of get restless and you're like i just want to go do something and but also being able to plan for the future and help the organization um you know grow as as we get bigger and we um you know protect more land and um, and kind of do our thing. So, nice. so yeah, you'll see to the left. What, this is not ours. Oh, uh, this yeah. isn't ours either. Our, okay. our boundary kind of runs diagonal through there. Yeah. But yeah, this is um, this is pure pear. It's just amazing that they can grow that close together. Right. <laughs> like that. Yeah. I just um, uh, shout out to Chandra and our Instagram account. I just took a picture when we were here the other day that I don't, she said she was going to post coming up, which whenever this goes, it'll probably be in the past now. But there was, um, there's like a 15 foot bur oak that had been planted as part of a, the tree plant in 2008. And there was a, and then right next to it, there was a pear tree that was growing that was probably five feet taller than it. That had obviously just come in there as a, a volunteer, been dropped by a bird or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it was, you know, the trunks were two feet apart and so took the before and after picture just to kind of just to kind of show how how quick and how aggressively they grow and you know and if we were to let that go for another i don't know five years or whatnot over in the tree playing i mean we'd probably we'd probably lose a lot of really good trees mm-hmm. So yeah, hopefully we can find find somebody that um, that we can talk to about this, and you know, it really. I guess the good thing about it, if there's going to be a silver lining, is that we can probably just mow it to the ground and start back over. Oh yeah. Just you don't really have to go in there and try and save good <laughs> things because between the honeysuckle and the pear, they won't let anything else grow. So yeah. get a get a good sized forestry mulcher uh-huh. in here and just go uh-huh. go to town exactly
Well, is there any other thoughts or, or comments like you would want other people like either in the field or, or peripheral to it to, to know like what, what insights you have, have taken from your, your time here or what you're, you're hoping to see in the future? Um, yeah, I mean, not. I don't know how applicable it is. I just, um, I just, it's, it's working at Silty for, um, you know, these almost two years. It's just really kind of, really kind of shown me how, how important it is to have like a, just an awesome team, uh, that you work with, um, that kind of trust in you on the leadership side and, and want you to grow, um, and kind of just, you know, being around people that, that kind of want the same thing goal-wise. I mean, Silty is very much, you know, Cliff says a lot, just kind of the steps of priority, and it's always our mission. I mean, mission, which is protecting nature, always comes first, and, you know, the individual, you know, is at the bottom of that um, in terms of, you know, mission, organization, that kind of thing. So so that's been, it's been really nice for me um, personally, but just uh, also... Um, you know, kind of trying to do my part to be, to fit in and help where I can help and, you know, letting other people, you know, do what they do really well and, and learning, always learning from other people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't say thank you enough to, to all of our, you know, we're a membership organization, so we, we rely a lot on, on our members, uh, donors. Um, so, I mean, it's just been, it's been super refreshing, um, for me to just kind of be in a position where, you know, you're being supported uh, by people who believe in you and kind of knowing that, that uh, kind of the work that you do today, do day to day is stuff that, that a lot of people care about. And uh, yeah, so, um, so yeah, that's, I'd say that's about it. Nice. That I can think of with my head. <laughs> <laughs> preserve with me and and talk to me about what, what you've done or what in what you're doing and everything it's just um I, I don't know it's it's so great to just hear people's stories and, and the work that they're doing and and just know that that folks like you and your team are out there working on on you know protecting nature and I mean ultimately you know you're you're benefiting everyone nature and humans alike yeah. you know in in that work so yeah cool and, and i just said that you know for people out there who might not be familiar with with silty um you can find find out a lot of information on the website conserveindiana.org um more about the organization our goals but also all of our preserves which ones you know we have trails at or open to the public or that kind of stuff so um uh so yeah you can learn more about us there and my contact information is up there so Anybody who is curious or just wants to talk, I'm usually pretty flexible and, and can get back to you and happy to happy to chat because that's the core of it too. I mean, I really I'm somebody that just personally really enjoys or appreciates the relationships I have with people, and I think they're kind of the foundation of everything um, that I do or want to do. Um, so I I just kind of like this podcast, like I I like of knowing people's story, how they got to where they are, and, you know, it's always fun kind of seeing those overlaps and sometimes finding finding commonalities that you didn't think were there or might not know they were there. So, so yeah, check out the website and reach out if you want to chat. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll put those links in the in the show description for this and, and on the website um, when I post this episode. So, yeah, thank you. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Huge thank you again to Jameson Hutchins for taking the time to talk to me about the places and the work he does with the Central Indiana Land Trust. If you would like to find out more, I have posted a link to the Central Indiana Land Trust website in the show description for this episode. 
And you can also find it on the website for this podcast at midwestoration.com. If you are interested, I am working on ways you can support this podcast. Uh, There are numerous expenses involved in creating this podcast, including travel, because I feel it is very important to interview folks in the sites that they work in. It's just better that way to see people in the places that they care about and talk to them there personal opinion. I think a lot of people agree with that. But uh, yeah, if you feel so inclined, stay tuned for more information on that. And please stay tuned for more Midwesteration.